the Not Just a Bikini Girl podcast. This is your host, Jasmine Anderson, and today we're going to be talking all things bikinis. It's one of the most important things when it comes to your contest prep, and probably one of the most exciting things to look at when you're you know, preparing for your show day. So we're going to be speaking to an amazing bikini designer who I know personally, and I actually purchased a bikini from her, and she's super, super knowledgeable, so make sure you take as many notes as you can and obviously message her if you have any questions. But welcome, Mandy, to the podcast. Thank you. Thanks for having me. So talk to us about how this started. I love how it started. I love the story myself. So for people that maybe just don't know much about you or the brand, um, tell us a bit more about it. Yeah, of course. So um, I moved back to England in 2014, and I kind of just spent a year um, kind of getting into fitness within the gym. I used to swim, so I kind of gone from being a swimmer to trying to be just like a regular gym goer. And I kind of obviously got into weight training. And then we went to Body Power in May 2015, and that's kind of when I decided that I was going to give competing a go. So I just kind of did a few posing lessons that you do, and I was going to do body fitness as my first show. And I bought a second-hand bikini, I spent about £230 on it and I was looking at it and I just thought, you know, it's a nice bikini, but I feel like I could do a lot better. I have a degree in fashion design, so I just felt like, you know, £230 for this bikini, which I thought I could do a better job of. I kind it kind of I felt like I'd been like hit to the chest a little bit. So I kept the bikini and like everything was fine and about four weeks into my prep, my coach and I were looking at condition and just thought, you know what? We don't think I was going to be ready for body fitness. So we decided to drop me down to bikini. Now, the only issue with that is you've obviously, I had a figure two. I now needed a bikini. And I wasn't kind of in a position to be able to spend another 200 odd quid on a bikini. So I decided to make my first one. And from there, I kind of like enjoyed doing it and really thought, you know, with the cost of how much bikinis so far I really thought like I really wanted to kind of give this go as a career choice so I was competing at a show with a with a friend of my coaches and so I offered to make her a bikini for her also and so I had two bikinis at my very first show uh, so this was September 2015 so that's kind of when I say that the business started and the bikini I made was really not great it was like just a simple triangle bikini it wasn't much to it it was it it fit the bill and it fit the job for the the style that was in trend at 2015 but it is not sellable to this day like I wouldn't be able to create that and sell it the way I would sell my bikinis now and yeah so um I had two girls uh two bikinis on stage and then from there girls were at backstage asking me about my bikinis and from there I handed my notice in at my job and decided that I was going to take off and create the business so um yeah, it kind of just was a bit of a snowball effect I kind of just literally handed my notice in without even thinking too much of it and decided that I was just gonna be a bikini designer love it why not though Life's yeah too short to not follow your passion definitely so when you were doing when you were doing your fashion design work did you do anything to do with I don't know costume design or theme wear no, no not at all I did 
So with my degree, it was four years in America. And the first two years, obviously, learning sewing techniques. I was already a seamstress anyway. I already knew how to sew. But obviously, you start kind of getting into the nitty-gritty aspects of it. And then from there, I think my uh, third year, we had to put on a fashion show with one outfit. And I made a gown. So the closest thing, obviously, like a female gown. And then my uh, sec- my fourth year, we ha- I did a 10-piece collection, and that was a mix of uh, women's wear and men's wear. So even to that day, I'd still never made a bikini. My first attempt at making a bikini was for my show. Love it. So what? how do you think your designs have kind of evolved from where you started to now? What do you think has kind of changed from that, from that time frame? Oh, loads. I mean, the bikini I made uh, it was a triangle cut bikini so it had no padding whatsoever and uh, obviously most girls tend to kind of follow the way I did that when you're dieting down for a show you tend to lose your boobs so the kind of thing now is to get the padded cups and to either get the bra shape or the padded triangular shapes whereas the one I wore on stage it was just a strip of fabric I didn't even think to put padding in it I was just yeah, and the knickers, um, I'd lined them, um, as in like edging. So it had like a, my bikini was green and it had like a green edging on. Whereas now I think it's more, um, classier to have like a rollover edge. So all the fabric looks, uh, the same and there's like, it's consistent through all the whole look. So it, that's definitely changed. And especially with the bra cups now, like I'm constantly working on my patterns with bikinis. Like I'm constantly trying to find ways to make them look even better on stage. I feel like last year, um, towards the start of the year, you know, the thinner fabric straps on the knickers were quite trendy, where towards the end of the year, I started noticing a trend where the girls were requesting a little thicker on the straps. So I was altering my pattern that way, as well as, um, yeah, the bombshell cup that I do, the one that I did in 2017 had 3.2 centimetres thick padding. So obviously, if you only have an A or a B cup, that definitely helps you, you know, look like you had some cleavage on stage. I've now lost a smooth brow cup that is now 4.5 centimetres thick with padding. Um, so that is just going to, you know, it makes me with an AB cup look like I've got a CD in the condition that now. So it, the new bombshell is just unbelievable. I'm so happy that I've managed to find this cup because it's just so much better for the girls. Like cleavage has such an impact on confidence. Yeah, so with the bombshell now having 4.5 centimetres of padding, it just gives any girl that may only have like an A and B on stage, like somebody who's had some cleavage in the past who has then lost it all during prep, to be able to walk on stage with that same confidence and the same, you know, you know, just a bit more sexy and a bit more girly and like feel like, you know, for some people having that cleavage and having, you know, that busty look on stage does make them feel more confident and bring a better kind of presence to the stage. And if I can produce a bra club, obviously that that gives the girls the confidence to feel good on stage. And then that's all I want. Definitely. And I think as well, because I, I get asked, oh, you're going to get a boo job because you're in the competing industry. And to be honest with you, it's never been something that I want. But the only reason I would probably have a boo job is if I was, you know, if I got to like the, the high ranks and I would literally lose my booze. But I guess your option would be perfect for myself. I can imagine for many girls that don't want to feel like they have to go and go to that extent, if you see what I mean. Yeah, definitely. I mean, with boob jobs, it's each thing going like, with competing, it's not a criteria. 
you don't have to have boobs to do well, but it's the same essence that if you've got self-confidence issues and having boobs makes you feel confident, then you are going to bring a better package to the stage. So if you want to go boob job, get a boob job. If you don't want to get a boob job, it is not going to mark you down. It is not going to be a decision for the judges. Like you're, you're, you are not being judged on your cleavage at all. Being how you, you're being judged on how you look on stage in terms of muscle tone and like the, the, the look they're trying to go for and how well the bikini fits you and how well you look in the bikini and like I said if you if you don't have anything on stage day then try choose a bra cup that is going to kind of flatter you the best whether you have no boobs and you prefer the triangular sweetheart shape that we do or you know you want to go for the bombshell it has no effect your cleavage has no effect on judging scoring but i guess your confidence does, as you said that's a good point oh yeah well that's it if, if you if it not if the whole cleavage aspect is something that is a confidence knocker then you have to look at whether or not you know going through that process of a breast augmentation would bring your confidence up like i said it doesn't i know some people get wrapped up in the whole you shouldn't get a boob job you should get a boob job but it's more down to the side of you know what what makes you feel confident on stage but we if you're not if you don't want to get the boo job then we've got the bra up to help you get there so <laughs> that is a tagline and a half <laughs> oh yeah that hashtag in that <laughs> i love that so talk to us about the actual bikini making process i remember last year when i was on prep i don't know why i like I, when you put your live feeds on um when you're making bikini it was really therapeutic but also really interesting so how do you go about making these bikinis because it's i can assume it's very very different to for example, if you've got to buy a bikini off a H&M rack sort of thing when it's kind of manufactured in that sort of process. Um, so I know a few people obviously try to keep like costs down by, you know, trying to do the bikini themselves. Or, But you have to realise that when you're on stage, you need to be wearing a bodybuilding specifically designed bikini, one that like hug the curves of the muscle it needs to mold to your body. It needs to fit you like skin, basically. Like you're judged on muscle tone, so you need a bikini to reflect your muscle tone. So yeah, it's a lot different than just a high street bikini. So we start. Uh, well, I start. I cut out the pattern pieces, and I sew the actual base bikini, and that'll be to the girl's cup size. And they initially submit measurements, and um, so they'll submit like waist, hip bone, hips, crotch depth. Um, underbust that kind of thing depending on bikini or figure girl and then from there I leave the knickers uh, raw edge so the knicker base is done however I've not sewn the hip bone closed so it does look like a knicker yet it looks like a it kind of just looks like an open knicker and then the actual sewing aspect takes you know on a on a speedy day an hour 15 an hour 30 and on a slower day when you know I'm, I'm just taking my time and I'm not really like meeting many deadlines you know I'll, I'll I can go up to two hours and then so that's the actual making of the bikini and then the decorating is what actually takes the longest because you know it's not just glitter you can't just shake it on each crystal is individually placed where it needs to be um depending on what design the girl goes for and what level the girl goes for Obviously, if they want an even spread of crystals, but they're only going for level two, I need to make sure that every single crystal is evenly separated, you know, whether that's one centimeter apart, 1.2 centimeter apart. So there's a lot of uh, like things that go into it, especially with the level four bikinis. There is not barely, you know, a millimeter of fabric 
like you can see through. So it is in, it's important on most of them to get the crystals neck by neck and slotting in. So it basically just covers the bikini like one big shell. And that can take, depending on the level the girl chooses from, if it's a level one, it can take about an hour, an hour and a half, a level two, about two and a half, three hours, you know, three to five hours for a level three. And then a level four can take me up to about eight hours. Um, so the decorating aspect is the longest bit. And yeah, I, I kind of just put my like, chill out music on or whatever. And I kind of just get in the zone and like, that's, that's the bit that takes me the longest and the most concentration. I can imagine if your partner hears a certain like sort of music, he just knows not to go near. He's like, right, she's, she's in bikini mode. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Like, look, I've got my sewing room upstairs in my house and he, he comes up every now and again to make sure I'm alive and is like, do you need a drink? And like, he just, he's, he's so good with me in terms of like, when he can see that I'm stressed or if like, because there's been times when I've, I've made a bikini for a girl and I've looked at it and I've been like, I don't like it. And I've, I've called the girl, I'm so particular with my way. And I've, uh, Emma, I'm going to pronounce her last name wrong probably, but Emma Rawlinson, I remember speaking with her. Um, she wanted a level four bikini in Burgundy. However, my crystal company doesn't do a true Burgundy crystal. However, so I either had a slightly purple crystal or a slightly red crystal. So when I first started doing the bikini, I did a silver to the slightly purple crystal ombre. And when I was looking at it, I was like, this looks, this looks purple to me. This doesn't look burgundy to me. So I called her up and I was like, I'm about to send you some pictures. If you do not like it, tell me. I need to know now. I want to, I want to get this so it's perfect for you. And we were back and forth texting and we figured out to do a red and purple mix crystal, which became this new trend of burgundy that ended up being one of my most popular color choices of the season. But I was already halfway on her bikini. And I was like, no, I'm starting again. I'm redoing it. And times like that, you know, it does get a little bit stressful because obviously that will set me back a few hours. If not, you know, it can set me back a full day's work. But I have to make sure that every girl is happy on stage and that every girl is happy with how the bikini comes out. Definitely. Definitely. I can imagine when you're trying to do these, because I remember when we were speaking, how do you kind of decipher how, because obviously with these crystals, they're so blooming small, how do you yeah. kind of see where, because I remember you saying, oh, we should do a mix of X, Y, Z. Like how how do you can do you visualise it working before you kind of do it? Or do you have to kind of literally do like a sample piece before you yeah. kind of think that's a good colour? So some of the, so I have my big whiteboard. My whiteboard is my eye has everything. Every order I take is like wrote onto a whiteboard and it looks like a military operation. Like it's like column A, column B, column C, column D. And each bikini goes through each column stage. So I know where exactly I am up to it. And on that whiteboard is a space for kind of like doodling out kind of designs. And they're usually like the figure suits that obviously are a bit more intricate and they do like a bit of swirl to them or they like a specific pattern. Whereas the ones where I'm kind of just like, right, what colors would look great together? And especially with you when you were like wanting a navy bikini, but we wanted to keep, we didn't just want a flat navy. It was, why don't we do different shades of blue? And it is kind of like gut instinct with me sometimes. Like I'll just kind of envision the colors together and as I'm working, I start getting really excited. Like, I'm like, oh, this is a good one. This is a really good one. Oh, this is going to look sick. And I, I start getting, getting myself excited and then I start envisioning and what other colors it's going to be looking good in. So, 
usually I kind of like tweak designs I've already done or kind of envision. I'm not much of a drawer in terms of I don't tend to touch anything out. I've always been a visual person, so I'll always kind of lay the crystals out together. Yeah, these colours work. Let's do this in a line or let's do this as a scrapper kind of thing. Mm. I always remember seeing the bl- I think it was the black and the gold or the black or the red combination that you did. That was stunning. I love that. Yeah, I remember it was the black and red one first, and that was from Charlotte. And she said, do you do something like this? And I was like, oh, yeah, I can do anything you want to. And she's like, yeah, I'm really thinking about toying with red and black. And I was like, yeah, definitely, let's give it a go. And we did it, and it just came out so fantastic. And it's actually been such um, – it's just been one of the most – popular inquiries I got so many inquiries based on that bikini and they might not have gone through with that exact bikini order however it brought a lot of attention to the account and then same Zoe um Fisk wore the black and gold one we were back we were back and forth chatting for a while and we were trying to think of what color she wish we should put her on in stage and I recommended black and then we kind of started toying with flipping the colours a little bit. And it was so different. Like, you don't tend to see gold on stage, especially when most people wear silver jewellery. So that was such a game changer as well. And, again, that was such – when you – when you're standing out in such a unique way and it's it's looking positive as well, that's a great thing because when you're in a line, especially the competition that Zoe competed in – there was like 40, 50 girls on stage. I remember watching it online. And unless if you've got a million and one girls all wearing the same color bikini, it's like, how do you then stand out? And, you know, I love creating different things and like tying with colors and like kind of creating illusions for the eye that would make you do a double take for the girl. I, I love that there's like, I feel like there's like a science and an arts behind bikinis. I do really <laughs> find it fascinating, I think. But last year there was, I just remember seeing so much red, so much red. Mm. Like, it was meant to Yeah, it's a bit of a snowball effect when that happens. So what tends to happen when a colour becomes fashionable? It's not necessarily what the people... So what happens is when, for instance, last year when red became popular, girls used to come for fittings and say to me, Right, so I think the judges are all wanting red this season, so I think I'm going to go for a red bikini. It's not necessarily that the judges are wanting a red bikini. What tends to happen is the first couple of shows, the girls who step on stage and win will kind of, like, determine the flow of colour. So, for instance, if the first two or three qualifiers of a federation are within the, the, like, the, for instance, nationals. So if you think about it, Whitley Davies won bikini short class in a red bikini, 2016. 2017, the first opening shows were worn by girls in red bikinis, and obviously the winners won in red. And, you know, people are thinking that the judges want red. It just so happens that the girls who won chose to wear red. Whatever federation this is, whether it's PCA, UKBFF, whatever it is, you know, the girls choose red and then they happen to win. They won because they deserve to win of the figure that they brought to the stage, not because of the colour they chose. So then what happens is then girls see that those girls win in red and then think, oh, the judges want red, so then I must wear red. So then the next the next qualifier, most of the girls are in red bikinis and then just so happens maybe another girl wins in red again. And it kind of trickles down like that as the season goes on. So, but then what's going to happen is this whole, the red bikini to me, has been exhausted 
I think there was one federation towards the uh, one qualifier towards the end of last year where I think every single girl bar two people was in red. Yeah, I remember seeing the UK BFF. I think it was a sugar classic and all the top five were in red. <laughs> yeah, there was so many girls in red and it's just like you to me it's a lineup then of red bikinis. It's not like no one you, you've got to mix it up. So if like when it comes to choosing the colour, I always say to the girl, don't go off what's in fashion, don't go off what's trending. You need to wear what you feel confident in. And the best way to choose your colour is look at what you would wear on a night out. If you would go out in a dark green dress and you feel confident in a dark green and be like, oh, I love wearing green. That's my colour. Then green is your colour on stage. It's the same. It's the same rule. Same rules apply. If you like, for instance, nine times out of ten, I will either go out in black, white or grey. So black is my colour. I should have wore black on stage, to be honest, but. Black, I would go, like now, I would go for a black bikini. There's no, it's a little bit of a taboo against black bikinis, like, because it's not an actual, you know, it's not a bright colour or anything. I love black bikinis on stage. They're so sexy. And they stand out so much because, I mean, it might become popular this year, I don't know, but, like, it's such a gorgeous colour on stage. It's so striking, especially in a sea full of colour, and then you've just got one black bikini in the centre. It's like, it's such a beautiful colour. Same with white. I love white bikinis, especially when girls are tanned. But the taboo is, obviously, white shows tan, if you get tan on it. Just be super careful pulling it on and clean it as soon as you get off, and you'll be fine. So whatever colour you feel confident in, whatever colour you think oh, that's what I'd wear on a night out, or that's what I'd wear to dinner. That's the colour you should be wearing on stage, and that's the easiest way I can re- recommend a colour for you. So I remember last year when I was um, backstage, people were talking about, oh, yeah, you know, like, the judges, like, love red, and I was a bit like, huh? Like, I just, I didn't, I didn't get it. And I just sat there with my blue bikini, like, yeah. <laughs> but it, I think yeah. it's so true what you're saying, though. Yeah, I'm sure yeah. it's potentially do favor a color over a different color like i'm sure like i mean subconsciously everybody favors a color so say that the judges wouldn't favor a color i mean that might be partially wrong but to be honest it's about the color suiting you like for instance you won't walk on stage really in a brown bikini like i just it's not brown is there's only a couple of people that could pull off brown but for a show mm, I don't know. Like, it's a bit of a hit and miss brown. Um, so if you walked on on a brown bikini and it's not your colour, then it's a bit like, like, for, let's take, if you had, like, like ginger, like, strawberry blonde, like, kind of reddish hair, orange is, like, unless you've got the skin tone, orange is probably not your colour. So if you walked on in an orange bikini, then the judges are going to be like, it's like an eyesore. And it puts them off looking at you. So that's how you get marked down. So it's not about the colour. It's about the colour that you're wearing for you. So, for instance, if you look stunning in purple and you know that there's no shame of knowing what colour your colour is. But if you know that purple is your colour and that brings out your features, you've got hazel eyes, you've got long brown hair. You're like, girl, you're working that purple. Go on in purple. Don't say, oh, but everyone's wearing red this year. Well, then stand out and look drop dead gorgeous in purple. Exactly. You've got me starting to think about colours now again. So what are the most common questions that you get asked, apart from colours? Is there anything else that kind of you get asked a lot and you think kind of needs reiterating to people? Yeah, I think the 
the fit process is probably the most regular question I always get, Eve, like especially for first time competitors. So obviously, even though the bikini can take me about, you know, two to ten hours, you're kind of it's put into a time frame, so like six week turnaround. Because it's just me sewing. I and I also need to lead my life and I need to do my other job and I need to see my family. So there's only so many hours a week I can work. So if you can think about it, if I work in a forty hour week, there's potentially I can only make four or five bikinis a week. Um so if I've got twenty orders prior to yours, you know, your your bikini's gonna be made in week five. So that's kind of one thing. So even though it's six week turnaround, please don't think that I'm working on your bikini for six weeks. It like I'm most likely not gonna be starting it till week five or the end of week four kind of thing. So that I do expect measurements to change. You know, very few times you'll get the same measurement unless they're already super lean and they're maintaining for the rest of their prep. Um or just kind of, you know, they're, they're experienced athletes and their off-season shape is only a little bit up from their stage shape kind of thing. So with that, I do realize that measurements change. So the most common question I get asked is, I'm ordering now, but what happens if my body shape changes? And just like I said before, we make the bikini and then we alter the knickers um, after you've sent me a new hip bone measurement. So you'll send me initial measurements so I can make the bikini and then five weeks later, I'll be like, hey, can you send me your new hip bone measurement? And then you'll send me the new hip bone measurement. And it can be anything from like an inch smaller to the same. I've had some girls drop three inches um, if they're like inclination category. So depending on, you know, where it is. And then I will alter the knickers to then fit you. If you're ordering a bikini with connectors on the knickers, most likely... I won't need a new hip bone measurement because if you drop anything on your hip bones, it just allows the connectors to sit higher. And it's actually better that if I give you a little bit of wiggle room on those, obviously, because they don't stretch the way fabric do. Uh, so it just does help allow the connectors to sit super high rather than like really kind of tight on the hips. Um, so, but I work with each client. The only issue is with, um, I can't, change the bra cup bra cups can't be all because it's a set cup it's like if you're a b cup and you go into the shop and buy a c cup it's just not going to fit isn't it so the main thing is when you are placing your order is that you order the correct bra size when you place the order and that's the bigger because i start the beginning and i only ask for a new hip bow measurement when it's ready to be finished like two days before shipping usually or about four days before shipping but at that time, bra is already decorated and done. So I can't change bra cups. I can't cut them down. I can't make my bra cup a B when it's a C. It's just it can't be done. So if you are a first-time competitor and you do not know if you are going to lose any breast tissue, I advise if you are ordering a bombshell to speak with your coach and get some advice from your coach. If you have natural breasts, most likely you are going to drop have implants most likely you're going to be the same for instance say if you are a natural c-cup and you're at the start prep order your, you should order your bikini about eight weeks off from your show at that point you would have lost quite a bit of your fat um so your body fat should be dropping at this point so you can get an indication of whether your breast size is also dropping if you think that your breast size is dropping then 
either order a size down or stay the same and get chicken fillets. It's entirely up to you, but the bra cup is a stressful thing that it cannot be changed. So, and that's, that is a big deal when it comes to being on stage because a thing that is the most, what judges notice the most is gaping bras on stage. So if you are doing side pulls and see your nipple, it is so off-putting. So what about when you have, see, like, underboob? Yeah, so what happens, the reason why people may have underboob is you tend to see it on girls with implants. And that is because they've gone for a super padded bra. So, for instance, my bombshells, anybody with a double D, a D or a double D up, I would not, I would necessarily not recommend a bombshell. Because what happens is if you've got so much padding, padding sits at the bottom of a cup. If you've got a lot of padding at the cup and you've got an implant that cannot, it's not like breast tissue, which can, can move and go flat. It's basically essentially a ball in your breast, isn't it? And it does, it doesn't change shape. It is a set. It's a set shape within your breast. And that's what, so if you've got padding trying to push a ball of silicon in your breast, there's nowhere for it to go. So what happens is bra moves, not the breast. So the bra cannot get close enough to the skin, and that is how you see on your boob. So, and this is for any any girl who goes to any company. If you have got implants and you are quite large, I wouldn't recommend a bra shape. I would recommend a triangular shape that can get under the boob and tie tight right on the underneath of the boob. Yeah, I can imagine triangle actually looking quite nice when if you've got that much... Oh, definitely. Our sweetheart look, I mean, is is it looks so nice on girls with larger breasts. I mean, I have quite a few competitors who order the sweet. I wore the sweetheart cup, and one of my athletes, Esther, she wears the sweetheart cup, and it suits her really well. I think the sweetheart cup looks really good on Effie versus the bombshell, and uh, she's in a similar boat to me. With, like, she doesn't have implants or anything like that. Whereas I've had. Um, Laura Baker, she competed in a bra shape, not from me, but then when she came to me, she said that she was thinking that she would prefer the, the sweetheart triangular shape because it would make her look less boober. And it did. It, it looked beautiful on her. Like the sweetheart cup was definitely her shape uh, for her body. It was. It looked so much better on it. And, it. and she looked like a bikini athlete in terms of like, you know, the, the kind of American pro look that she brought to the stage. It just suited her. It suited her figure and her body shape so much better. So really like elements when it comes to bikinis, and I, I, I think it's quite a difficult process anyway. Obviously, when it comes to different fits, so you've got like the high, I know that you've got like the high rise and the kind of different cuts and bits like that. Like how do you decide which one is going to be right for you and your federation? So the, the main thing is obviously to check the ruling of your federation. Um, each federation kind of has their guidelines on what they want for a bikini. Um, most of them kind of follow the same guidelines. So if, if you're in a kind of like a more of an independent federation that is not as like big as like the main ones that you hear about, and they might not have a page to say what bikini stipulations they have, nine times out of ten, they're just kind of following the general rules. So, you know, you need a two-piece. It needs to make sure that you're not showing everything, but you're covered in, you know, the ways that you need to be covered. Um, with some federations, um, you know, they might prefer a low, a low rise nipper, whereas the majority of federations 
do want the high-rise knicker. And that's quite important because obviously the high-rise knickers elongate your legs, you know, create the whole shape and like bring your waistline in. And they just, they're, they're much more flattering on stage and they can actually judge your muscle tone better. Uh, you've not got too much frills on them to hide any parts of your muscles and stuff. So the high-rise knicker obviously is a big one. And then, you know, depending on your federation as well, you might want uh, a standard back, which covers thirds of your glutes, um, or they might be more open to a pro cut, which is a little bit more revealing. You know, some uh, federations do like trained figure or trained bikini or whatever it is, and that you might be allowed to wear a thong on stage. So you, it's so important to get your bikini right because no bikini company is um, liable. You order a thong and your federation turns around and says, you can't wear a thong on stage. Your bikini company is not liable for that because that's what you ordered. So the one rule is check what federation you're competing with and what are their stipulations when it comes to bikini. If you are unsure, you can ask for advice, uh, ask your coach. You can, most, most times the bikini companies do now. I mean, I'm pretty, I'm pretty aware of what bikinis are allowed for what federations and I do advise when I can if somebody's really sure. But it's just important to make sure that you do get everything right because the last thing you want is to train so hard for 16 weeks and then get on stage and be wearing a knicker that's too small and your federation is just like, oh, no, you're not getting on in that. And it's either, yeah, it's either you spend the day trying to find somebody who's got a bikini that will let you wear it or you or you then have to be like, right, well, I'll have to compete next weekend and, and get another bikini, which is, like, stressful and you don't want to be doing that. Um, so just check with your federation but then also you know what are you going to feel most confident as well like some federations are a little bit more you know as long as you've got a knicker on it's fine so then well do you want the standard back which covers about two-thirds of the glutes and that gives you the ability to pull it in a little bit if you want to show off a little bit more on stage or do you want to kind of go for a pro cut which is maybe like you know two-thirds of the glutes on show um you've also got the figure knicker do you want to go for a modest cut now modest cut has even more coverage and that's for potentially girls who you know first-time competitors who have not really reached the weight loss potential um, and are probably just kind of doing a pre-show to kind of some stage experience but obviously they're still quite a bit out and they might want a modest knicker which gives them an extra coverage over the glutes um so it's obvious or i have um i have a lot of transformation girls who might prefer a modest cut obviously bump from like a size 20 to a size 14 which is such an amazing transformation but maybe still not got that confidence yet in the standard knicker and they might just want a little bit more coverage and i do get that quite a few times so it just depends on what who you are what you want to do. but as long as you're meeting your federation requirements um you can kind of gauge it from that and when it comes to connectors that's I'm re I remember was really struggling when it came to connectors of what was best to get because you hear the horror stories of connectors snapping and then obviously with the two bros show ever that come that's coming up this year when you look at the US they very much have connectors top and bottom yeah what's your kind of stance when it comes to connectors whether you should go for them or not go for them like I don't know I really know how science behind the connectors that's what I'm gonna call it. <laughs> So with the connecting, it's a matter of taste. So I mean, even I have to admit, I've had some drama with connectors in terms of they have like a crystal has fallen out or, you know, 
something's happening a crystal does need a, a connector does need replacing it happens it is a piece of jewelry jewelry breaks so this will break if you don't fill it correctly so for instance if you're pinning your number badge to the connector you could potentially break it so i've had that happen um if you are you know even if you're taking the best possible care of your bikini it could still just snag on something and break. And that's the, that is the, you know, the risk that happens with connectors. Um, I'd like to think that my connectors are good quality connectors. However, I have had issues, but I've managed to rectify them, you know, before they've had to get on the stage, which I've been quite happy about. And I've never really had anybody turn around and say, it snapped on stage, luckily, and touch what that doesn't happen. But, it's the same. It's just got to be handled with care like you would a fine piece of jewellery. Um, if you are, are nervous about the, the whole connector aspect of it, do not get them. It's not like, like again, in the I've checked the two bro, bro uh, bikini ruling, obviously, and all they require is a V-cut bikini. Now, that doesn't mean that they want the Russian front as in the V-front bikini. It means they need a high-rise bikini. It doesn't say that it needs connectors. And again, the judges aren't favoring connectors over anything else. Okay, so if you want connectors on your bikini, if you like the way the Americans look on stage and that's what you want to look on stage, then go for the connectors on stage. There is a little element of risk that obviously, but, you know, 9.5 times out of 10, I've been all good. Um, So and then same with the bra top. Some of them have the diamante straps on them. A lot of girls this year seem to be kind of asking for the fabric tops and having no like metal seems to be kind of becoming less of a trend I've noticed. And that's, you know, I kind of see the whole bikini aspect going that way eventually, like no metal on bikinis. I just kind of seeing it going in the fabric direction completely and then just using crystals to decorate, decorate the straps. Mm, Cause I have seen a lot when you, I think when I've looked at like European Russian sort of um, yeah. bikini shows, they very much just do fabric. Oh yeah, definitely. And like, to be honest, I think, I favour um, the fabric style. I think it's to have your bra straps the same colour as your base bikini and all blended into one. I per, Personal taste, I prefer that. Um, I used to prefer diamante straps, but seeing this new kind of trend of having everything all one colour um, and then using the crystals to decorate the straps, I'm kind of like kind of veering towards, oh, I'm quite favouring that at the minute. I think it's really important as well that you mentioned that these bikinis have to be handled like they're literally like a firstborn, like child, yeah. like a baby, because it is yeah. they like they're not they're not designed to go into the gym and work out and all this crazy stuff. Like they are at they as you say they are pieces of jewelry in their own right. Yeah, definitely. I've had I've literally done a couple of um, fittings in my very first year of making bikinis. Um, you know, I was I watched one client just take it off and throw it on the couch as if it was like a pair of sweatpants and the same with the bra they like were like shimmying their boobs into it as if it was like an underwire bra like you would wear on a night out and I was like and then the connector snapped in between the cups and I was like there's a reason why it snapped and it's because of the way you've, you, you've literally handled it it does not like it's you cannot be tugging on it and pulling on it the way you would do anything else you have to put it on as if like you were about to step on the Victoria's Secret fashion stage and you're wearing 
the million pound bra or whatever they call it like it is that it is so delicate and it is and think about how much money you're spending on this why why would you be pulling on it and like constantly taking it out and like messing with it is yeah it is a fine piece of jewelry practically so definitely taking care of it is like the most important thing and another thing is cleaning it I can't stress enough about cleaning it. So you've just competed. Most likely it's going to have tan on it. Like, obviously, you've competed most likely on a Saturday or a Sunday. Like, when you get home or the next morning, you should be looking at damp cleaning it to get that tan off as quick as possible. Velvet is the easiest to clean. You just leave it to soak in lukewarm water for a couple of minutes. You take it out. You, like, you you drain out all the excess water and that should have just come straight off. Um, Alex just obviously needs a, a damp cloth and a bit of a wipe down. But get any excess water out of it and leave it to dry. And then, you know, you've got a brand new bikini there, whether you want to sell it on or you want to wear it again for the next show, you've got a brand new clean bikini then. You just mentioned about selling bikinis. One question that we did get through I've kind of tried to embed some of these questions in when we've been talking, but when it comes to secondhand bikinis, where's your kind of standpoint on that? Um, and another question I'd quite like to ask. So for, for myself, I competed last year. And when I look at photos, I don't think I was lean enough, but I'm still very much, I love my bikini and I still kind of want to do it justice, if you know what I mean. So let's, I think let's, talk from the first standpoint of secondhand bikinis generally for first timers or just generally for people obviously people are trying to save money i think that's the main reason why people buy the secondhand bikinis but are there any potential things that people need to look out for if they are going to buy a secondhand bikini or is there kind of other options that they can do in comparison to buying a secondhand bikini that might not fit them the same way yeah 100 um i understand that people are trying keep costs down and that bikinis are probably one of the most expensive aspects of the whole competing industry but when you decide to compete you have to step into that knowing that you are going to spend some money you are going to spend money if you cannot afford it you should not compete like it is so I remember when I competed I spent a grand on my first show when it came to the coaching the supplements the posing lessons the shoes the tan the hair, the makeup, the entry fees, everything like that, it adds up. And you have to be aware of the cost. And if you are spending, let's take the average person. So the average person who decides to compete would have spent about a year or whatever getting in shape to the stage where they decided then to compete. So then they enter a 16, 12-week prep. Those 16, 12 weeks are going to be the hardest times of your life in terms of workload, diet, everything like that for your one day on stage. If you are spending 12 to 16 weeks working your arse off, prepping, coach, like getting coaching, getting doing check-ins, posing lessons, everything, why on earth then would you skimp on the one thing you are being judged on on the day and it is your stage presence? And how it fits and how your physique looks, yeah. Oh. I make every bikini design. I design and make every bikini to fit the girl that orders it. I get that you might have the same hip bone measurement as somebody else, and you might have the same breast size as somebody else or whatever. But 
that bikini is designed for that girl and it's made to fit that girl. And it, the quality that they receive, you know, after a couple of wears, obviously, it then starts getting tan marks on it, you know, and so on and this. For instance, say then you decide to buy a second-hand bikini just because you want to save yourself £100 or whatever. You might buy a B cup, but in fact, you might be an A. But it's too late then. You've spent a hundred and something pounds on this second-hand bikini. And then it's like, well, I've got it now. I'll just compete on that in that bikini. And then you've already basically knocked yourself a peg down on the lineup because you've got a bikini on stage that doesn't fit you the way it should fit you. Whereas if you actually order a bikini for you, it should fit you. You can spend, If you're trying to keep costs down, you, know, you can keep costs down with the supplements you use or you can prep yourself or you can, you know, join a cheaper gym or you can, you know, do posing, group posing seminars rather than private seminars. Find a cheaper pose coach. You can cut corners that way, but do not cut corners on the bikini because that is your 15 minutes on stage. Especially like if you're, if you're really last minute trying to find a bikini and you're willing to accept any color. What if you don't suit green and you get, and you could only find a second half bikini in green that's your shape and size? So if you are, like, that, that's where I kind of stand on secondhand bikinis. Like, I'm not going to say, you know, if you are really just in doing it because you enjoy the sport and you are trying to keep costs down and you do happen to find a bikini that fits you on stage and you've never had any problems, you're probably the one in few that has managed to get away with it so far. And like, I wouldn't really recommend going down the secondhand bikini route. I'd more recommend kind of going down, getting a cheaper suit, getting a suit for you at a lower decoration level. And, you know, so students are a great one. Like I always get students coming to me asking me for a basic bikini and then asking whether they can decorate it themselves. And I'm always, yeah, definitely. Like that is a brilliant way to do it because you then get a bodybuilding bikini that fits you, but then you can decorate it how you want. And as long as, you know, it's, it's time consuming, but it does save you the money. Like at the end of the day, these can take me up to 10 hours to make. And then obviously with my, with the crystals that I use, the glue and everything like that obviously costs you add up and that's why the bikinis cost the way, how much they do. Whereas if you are trying to keep costs down, I can recommend a cheaper brand of crystals that, you know, might not shine as bright, but will still give you the look you want on stage. That way you decorate it completely full to the brim with crystals. And you probably, as long as you're willing to give up your own time, you know, you are saving yourself. If that's how you want to keep costs down, that's how I would recommend doing it. I wouldn't recommend trying to find a bikini that fits you because um, it might not. There's a chance it might not. And if you buy it and then you turn around to the girl who you bought it from and said, it doesn't fit me. Well, tough. It's like buying something on eBay. Like you can't always get a refund. It's the, it's the risk you want to take. Like Lauren Dodds, um, I've worked with her twice now in terms of bikinis. And the first time she competed, she really blew her most of her budget on buying a level three bikini with me. And then she wanted a brand new bikini for her, her next show. But she already blew most of her budget on the first one. And I said, so I went, look, just stop blowing all your money, buy the basic bikini and decorate it yourself. And she did a good job. Like she, you know, she, it, it was good. She had a, a red bikini with all silver crystals on it. And it did the job on stage. She did well. She won a show. So, you know, it can be done.
And as well, um, from a previous episode, Danielle, who came fourth for the British finals, level one bikini from you. Yeah, Danielle, I mean, trash bag and look amazing. Like, she is, she's bought two bikinis off me and both of them is level one and it's made no effect to her placing whatsoever. She won her qualifier in the blue bikini. She came fourth in the British in her yellow bikini. That yellow bikini is a winner in my eyes. She looked dropped her gorgeous in that yellow bikini and it literally just had a little bit of crystal edging and that was it. Um, so yeah, if that's how you're trying to keep us down, there are ways that you don't need a level four. You don't need a fully decorated bikini to win. It's nice to have fully decorated bikini to win because obviously we all love a little bit of sparkle. Um, but yeah, if, if you are on a tighter budget, it's not the end of the world if you can't if you're only getting a level one or two bikini. It's really not. Where do you think bikini suits are heading towards 2018? You've already mentioned the fabric switch for connectors. Is there any? Because I, I find it interesting that you talk about the trends and stuff. Because I think I think don't think many people take bodyboarding as its own sort of fashion. I think it's interesting that you've taken it from a fashion and art standpoint of oh, this is the trend for this year and this is what could be going next year and that sort of thing. 100% everything every has its own trend like no matter what sport you're in it is going to have a fashion trend look at gym clothing now I mean gym used to just be wearing like what is it Nike or something like that and now like gym stars come about and like other things like that like it is a fashion statement so when you're on stage I think towards 2018 I think Diamante connectors I don't I don't see them being a massive trend this year I see obviously fabric Full fabric bikinis in a massive trend. I see thicker straps on the knickers being more fashionable. Um, and obviously the Russian knicker, the V-front knicker, started becoming really popular halfway through 2017. I'm definitely seeing it being a big, big, big appearance in 2018. Um, for my body shape, I don't suit the Russian front. I suit the, um, the U-front, the standard curve front. Um, I myself a Russian front and I just don't see I don't suit it but on um a lot of girls it looks very flattering and um I do see that being a big trend this year it's come over kind of from Russia and it um yeah it's gonna be I think a real hot selling thing this year I do love the suits from Russia there is some I think it is something a bit more classy about them as well I think because it's not as obviously you've got the diamantes which is on the jewelry itself but I think it's nice to have the bikini it's just an actual bikini if you know what I mean I like the bikini to look like a bikini and I like the stage jewelry to look like a stage jewelry and I like them to be separate um so yeah I definitely prefer kind of that's my taste though um but everyone is different like I love it when a girl comes in and is like, I want bling on everything because it's so different to my taste that I actually enjoy doing it because it's just so glittery and like something that I would not normally do. So like when they want matching connects to brass and on bottom knickers and like all the jewellery and stuff and they just look like a little disco ball and it's it's so lovely to see that that makes them happy. That brings out so much confidence in them that it makes that bikini just as much as I would love something that's my taste. Well, there's another question I forgot to ask you when it comes to um, secondhand bikinis, kind of an off-brand. So for myself, for example, I'm just say for example someone competes one year and then they've really they get to like their next year and their physique has completely changed and obviously improved. Where would you stand for them to actually wear 
that bikini again do you think it would fit the same or would you advise them to get um a new bikini because i know some people say oh you know you don't have to get a new bikini every year but i guess if your physique changes then you, your bikini needs to kind of match that i don't think you get a new bikini every year at all like at the end of the day you're being judged on you and phoebe hagen is actually a really good she said something to me on the phone one time about the red bikini she wore she because um obviously i take her on as a sponsored athlete and i was just saying to her like i know you've got a show coming up i know it's cutting a little close but would you want a new bikini for your show or do you want to finish out the rest of the season with the bikini you currently have and then we'll start your sponsorship in 2018 and she said to me, which really kind of like, I think most girls um, could take a little bit of away from this. She said, if it's all right with you, I'd like to finish the year out in the red bikini because I feel like I'm going to bring a better package towards the end of the season. And I would like to, people to see a clear comparison. And with her being in the same bikini and seeing her silhouette side by side, obviously she did a transformation photo or, or whatever, or the judges can clearly compare. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I don't think it's a big deal at all. It's not like a wedding dress or anything like that. It doesn't matter. It's not like, I think there's that taboo of like, oh my God, you've shown up at the, a sick two parties in a row in the same dress or whatever. Like, I just don't think it matters when it comes to bikinis. Like, if you want to show an improvement in your physique and you want to show that improvement by wearing the same bikini, then go for it. Like, there's no rule about having to have a new bikini or anything. I think some people like to have a bikini for their qualifiers and a bikini for their nationals or, you know, a bikini for their British, whatever the, the federation calls it. And so they might buy like, you know, a lower level bikini for the qualifiers and then they might use a more expensive bikini for the nationals. And they might use those two bikinis, you know, for two, two years or something, two or three years. I don't, uh, you know, it, there's no rule and it's whatever. I think people get bored and it's like when you go on a night out and you're like, oh my God, I've got nothing to wear. It's because you've been the same clothes for a few weeks now and you're kind of bored and you want something new. I think it's that aspect. I think that's the only reason why you feel like you need a new bikini. People love a good stage photo as well and people like to have refreshingly new photos and new stage photos. So I think that's kind of the aspect of why people think that they need a new bikini. But it's personal preference. If you want to wear the same bikini, it ain't going to be anything negative towards you. In fact, I think it'd be, it'd be quite nice to see a good comparison between your improvements of like your first show to your next show. Definitely. Because I, what I said to you as well, I don't feel like I've done that previous bikini. You made me justice. <laughs> That sounds really silly. Really good though. Remember when you sent me your stage photos? I was like, damn. <laughs> Thanks. But again, it's, I look at those photos and I'm, I, like, my first thing was I'm not lean enough and I've not done that bikini justice. I think because in my head I visualised myself being leaner. I think I had a bit yeah. of like, you know, it's like prep brain, but you don't think you're skinny enough. I think I had the opposite. I thought I was lean enough. When I looked at those photos, I was like, oh, God, no. <laughs> Especially yeah. the way that bikinis are going, like the competitive. Then the way you've is, then you've there got yourself, a, like you'll use the same bikini for your qualifier. And then if you like then make it to your nationals or whatever, you think, like you've already got your like a bikini there that you can either use constantly for your qualifier and then get something special for your nationals like there's nothing to say that you have to have a new bikini every time you step in front of the judges i think that's the way i'd like to head into next year anyway is do your bikini justice and then go for the finals and then get 
as a bikini. What are your opinions on grey as a bikini? Uh, it depends on your colour tone. If you are going to do grey, um, it's quite muted. So a metallic kind of grey. I always thought about doing a gunmetal bikini for myself when I was doing my second show, my body fitness show. I thought about wearing gunmetal. Um, and then obviously using the crystals to kind of really bring it to light. It's the same if you suit grey, if you suit silver, um, you know, then there's no rule to say you can't have it. The only issue is grey is, it's not like black or white where it stands alone as a colour. Grey is quite muted. Um, so it's almost like wearing beige sometimes. So unless, yeah, so unless you get the crystal combo right, so maybe using a grey base but with a mix of like, for instance, clear AB and black crystals to kind of give it a, a bit of a 3D dimension, it is going to look like beige on stage. So, for instance, I wouldn't recommend wearing grey as a plain bikini. But if you're, if you're going to maybe do it as a level three or four, I'd probably be like, yeah, let's do it. Yeah, because I don't know why. I'm just thinking about, like, the actual colour spectrum. I've seen... I think I've seen girls in pretty much every single colour, but I've never seen them in, like, a grey. Yeah, but you would never girl on stage in beige either, would you? But swimwear, put me in a grey or beige bikini any day of the week. So it, it's that, that's what I mean. It's quite muted, so it's a lovely colour. But for the stage, you need a bit of glitz and glam, don't you? So it's it's kind of that. It, it does, it kind of fades in, unfortunately. But as a colour, as a colour, as a beige bikini, if you're willing to jazz it up with like, you know, a couple of dimensions of crystals, and yeah, that's where I kind of take it. Interesting. So when it comes to actually running the business itself from a time management perspective, and obviously when you're starting out a business, it can be quite daunting. You have to be quite resilient, I think, when you start your own business. I know this is a slightly different off-branch from bikinis themselves, but what do you think you've learned over the years from like a personal and a mindset standpoint um, that you think could be quite interesting for the listeners? Um, I think when starting a business, I think this kind of goes from to everyone. Um, if you are obviously kind of into the fashion industry, uh, sorry, fashion industry, I'm thinking about my degree. If you're in the fitness industry and you are, you know, you're wanting to start a brand, whether that's a clothing brand, a personal training brand, you want to open a gym, you want to do bikinis yourself, you want to do posing trunks, you want to do, you know, show tanning makeup anything like that you have to get people to help you cannot do it alone and if anyone like it's just the way this industry works we work on sponsorships we work on collaborations um like for instance like l darby was saying the blogging industry needs to have a little bit more of awareness in terms of blogging helps grow businesses i cannot say that enough so when i first started black eyes bikinis i was trying to everything myself and I was so scared about giving away stuff because obviously all I wanted to do was money you know I wasn't I was only having about 400 500 followers on my account like I wasn't getting much traction I was getting orders, not many I think my first like so 2015 bearing in mind I only started in September I sold two bikinis mine and the girl who competed on the same show as me 2016 you know, I think I only sold a few. And that was because 
I did a posing lesson when I was competing at my first show with Vicky Spence. And I asked Vicky if I could make her bikini for nationals. So, um, nationals, what is that up 2015 with UKFF? Vicky Spence let me make her bikini. And at the time, she had like 25,000 followers. So that really helped kind of get me onto the map and that kind of boosted my followers. And then obviously people were asking for Vicky Spence's bikini, but in red or in purple or whatever like that. So that kind of, you know, helped get a little bit of traction then. And then in 2016, obviously Vicky Spence decided not to compete anymore. I then needed new people to work with. And I took on Chloe Townsend and Marnie. Um, and they, really kind of helped put me on the map a bit more um like especially chloe because i I took chloe on really early in the year before she then decided to go into powerlifting and then after chloe decided to go into powerlifting i then approached marnie and chloe really helped me because she did posing lessons with the judges in the bikini i made for her and the judges ripped her apart into bikinis they were like you need to do this you need to change this like you can't have the connectors like that you need guys this and that and Chloe came back with all these notes from the judges and that really helped me kind of change the shape and silhouette of my bikini to make it so it was perfect for the stage and then having Marnie then compete at the English Grand Prix in my bikini and winning in 2016 and then her followers going from like 8,000 to 15,000 in the matter of months that just helped grow my business so Getting sponsored athletes to help grow your business is such an important thing. And then having them sponsor athletes, realize what you're trying to do with your business. Like I've got about 11 years now and each single one of them understand what I'm trying to do, where I'm trying to take the company. And, you know, I might be asking stuff from them for certain deadlines, but there are, I give them enough time to do it and, and they are so like appreciative to work with me and I'm so appreciative to have them on the team then that's business has got to where it has like if I didn't have the girls that I have on my team I wouldn't be where I am and it's so important that even if you have sponsored athletes it's having the right sponsored athletes not just somebody who's looking for a sponsorship to help their own growth but they're looking for a sponsorship to help work with your company and so if you like anybody who's trying to like start even even if you're trying to become a personal trainer or you know you're trying to become established somewhere you've got to speculate to accumulate so you've got to start giving out free stuff to the people that you know can influence and help your business grow i think there's a massive shift with influencer marketing generally speaking especially in the past year or so like i've been listening to loads of gary v podcasts about it and i think it's definitely going that way um online yeah yeah, Gary V. I listen to his podcast all the time. I find him so influential. And anybody who's interested in business should really be listening to Gary V. He's so straightforward to the point. And like, after listening to one of his podcasts on social media, like, I've never really been the greatest in terms of I don't really know how to get that 25,000 following. Like, I'm not much in terms of a blogger myself. So I don't really document my day to day lifestyle. I just kind of post as and when I can. And I was posting kind of once a day, once every two days with the Black Ice Bikinis account. And I was listening to one of his podcasts and he was talking about how content is subjective. What you think is a great picture, somebody else can think is naff, but it's about how often you post. 
And if you are always on someone's timeline, every day they see you and see you, they get to know your brand, they get to know you. Eventually they just start being like, oh, double tap. They like the picture. Then they start commenting, it's traction. And he was like, if you are only posting once a day, you are not going to get to where you want. And sometimes I kind of go through stages where I do only post once a day if I don't post at all because I've been so busy. So sometimes I'll post it morning, afternoon, and evening. And it is important. So if you are trying to grow a business, you know, seek help, be reading some business books, be listening to podcasts. Like, especially if you're eating, like you should be listening to these kind of podcasts, but then obviously you should be listening to like business podcasts and get your in your get your mindset in the way it needs to be to make yourself successful in the field you want to be successful in. So I keep saying definitely, but just because I'm agree with everything you say. Yeah, no. No, it's also I right, I think we're pretty much um we've covered everything we I think we need to. Is there anything else that you feel that any bikini competitor needs to know when it comes to bikinis that we've not mentioned? Just, I mean, just have fun with it. I think the best part of competing is choosing your bikini um, and kind of getting everything together. I mean, let's be real. I never enjoyed competing. I gave it a good go, but it was just not for me. And But the, the most fun aspect I had was making my own bikinis. So I think if you are choosing to compete, just have fun with it and just Obviously, go with your gut instincts on everything, like especially when it comes to the bikini. And no, don't too hard on yourself. I mean, there's so much that goes into competing anyway. Just like enjoy the ride. And especially when it comes to bikini, no matter like, I mean, I'd be so grateful, obviously, if I got the opportunity to design anybody's bikini. But even if you decide to go to another company, realize it's your bikini make sure it's the way you want it don't be afraid to badger them don't be afraid to be sending emails and just like just check that everything's understood the right way or if you're not happy with something just like you know things can be fixed so just yeah enjoy the ride enjoy the process and enjoy the show today as well yeah i think you put so much work into it you, you've got to enjoy it at the end 100 and i i get such a thrill like when I was competing, I was missing the aspect of being a swimmer and I thought that I needed some sort of competition back in my life. Um, so that's when I chose to give bodybuilding a go. But I realised when I saw Barney and Whitley Davies on stage at the 2016 British Championships, that was, I was supposed to be at that British Championships. I qualified in body fitness, but I decided not to compete because I figured I, I, I didn't really have much love for the sport personally. Um, and when I saw them two on stage in my bikini, that was just like another level for me. And it, and I, that's when I realized if that's the feeling I'm chasing. If that's the feeling of competition I'm chasing, seeing girls on stage in my bikinis, then I am happy to do this for the rest of my life. So I would love any opportunity to see my bikinis on stage worn by these like incredible fit girls. Um, so just to, it is such a pleasure working with each individual girl and getting to know their likes and tastes and creating something that they would love to wear on stage. So I think it's so important, obviously, to be involved as much as you can. Obviously, once we've got everything agreed and designed and spoke about and I can start making the beginning, I just like to keep them as updated as much as possible. So, yeah, don't be afraid to kind of get involved and ask questions and hopefully whether it's me or another company, we can provide you with as much updates as possible. Awesome. Okay. 
So last question, as I like to finish all my episodes, what makes you not just a bikini girl? So this has to be something which isn't related to fitness or competing or anything like that. What would people what can, what do people not know about you? Um on the sly, I have a glass of prosecco every night. Uh, I do. Yeah. Yeah, I do. I have a glass of Prosecco with a little bit of orange juice in it every single night. Um, I just it just calms me down at the end of an uh, at the end of a day. <laughs> I probably shouldn't be saying that, but yeah, I um, I love. I just loved. Um, I love uh, watching TV at the end of my day. Love having a cheeky glass of Prosecco, and I just love like reflecting on the day and chilling out, and uh, yeah, just and then spending time with friends and stuff. I'm 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 such a simple kind of, you know. I'm probably not poster child for health and fitness, but yeah, yeah. I do what I can. Like my my average day is just getting through the day without having a bar of chocolate and stuff. So I'm uh, I'm just like kind of like your everyday gym goer now. Um, yeah. But that's kind of, I just kind of don't take myself too seriously in terms of everything anymore. And just as long as I'm happy and healthy, then that's good for me. What TV like programs are you watching at the moment then? Uh, my fella is addicted to finding a TV show and get, then getting me hooked on it. So we've just finished watching uh, The Punisher and Daredevil, and now we're on to Black Mirror. Um, so yeah, we're get we're working through Black Mirror now, which is really good. So every night we come home, and they're only about an hour long episodes. So I have a cheeky glass of prosecco and we watch Black Mirror. <laughs> is that on Netflix? Um, yes, it's a Netflix series, I believe. Because me and Joe have literally gone through all like the key ones: Breaking Bad, Narcos, uh, Gotham one. Like we've, I feel like we've gone through like old oh, Peaky Blinders. We've done all that, so we're trying to find a new. Um... Oh, so, so Black Mirror is great. It's an each each episode is its own independent show, so you don't you could watch any order. They're not linked at all. However, they have subliminal links throughout. You might hear a song that used episode on in episode four might see a TV show in the background of episode episode six so you'll like it it's good everyone so as i'm actually editing this i've just realized that the skype connection just went completely off and you just can't hear anything else that happens which is so so gutting because mandy actually talks about her website and what's going to be on it i've had a bit of a sneak preview myself and it's definitely going to be a game changer in the industry. And I'm really, really excited for her for when it launches. Now, a bit of a sneak peek. Uh, the website is going to be live this Friday on 9th of February. Now, this is going out on Monday. So make sure that you follow Black Ice Bikinis to make sure that you're ready for when the website does go live. It's going to have so many different areas, not just swimwear, but bikinis. going to have loads of blog um, and additional information. Perfect for any competitors that are wanting to learn and gain as much knowledge as they can. So I'll knock it off here guys i'm so sorry skype can be such a nightmare when you try and do these interviews but thank you so much for listening make sure you hit that subscribe button and leave a review if you do actually enjoy these podcasts and i'll see you guys in the next one